Joy to the world, the Lord has come. This is Jerry G. Martin. We are celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, one of the most significant events in the history of the world. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever would believe on him would not perish, but shall have everlasting life. He was born for our salvation. He was crucified for our salvation. He was raised up on the third day for our salvation. And now we are celebrating who he is and that he's not only come to the world, but he has come to our lives. Use the opportunity of this season to invite someone to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Listen to these messages today as we continue to walk in the light of God's word as we celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the season for gifts and gathering or shopping and cooking, visiting and viewing the sights and sounds of Christmas. Merchants use the occasion of Christmas and the tradition of gift giving to increase their corporate profits. There is little thought to the reason for the season. They're not interested in that. In fact, a lot of the merchants and major merchants don't even believe in Christmas. They're going to celebrate Hanukkah, but they're going to sell you for Christmas. Those of us who believe then are to take advantage of this season. This is a good time for us who believe to take advantage of this season, to reconsider the monumental gift that was given to us, and that's Jesus Christ. It is because of that gift we are here today, and we worship and we serve Jesus. I don't know why you're here, but that's why I'm here. If it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't be here. As the years go by, the story of Christmas gets more and more diluted. The holiday shopping, the holiday parties, the holiday tree and the holiday cards, the winter break from schools, the Nutcracker and the Miracle on 34th Street, and It's a Wonderful Life. We got Black Friday and Cyber Monday. We got big dinners and football and basketball. We are the ones who ought to be sure that we understand what the message is and why we celebrate and what we celebrate. We ought not be the first ones in line down there at Best Buy because we're trying to get the new iPad and elbowing people at Walmart to try to get the thing that's on sale, get the flat screen. We ought not be the first ones down there trying to do that and get some stuff for Christmas. It's highly unlikely that Jesus Christ was born on December the 25th. So let's be clear about that. It's not the day that he was born. We don't know when he was born, but we do know that he was born. Centuries before Jesus was born, God declared that he would come, and Isaiah prophesied about his arrival. When Adam and Eve sinned, God spoke judgment on them and on the serpent, Satan, who deceived Eve and enticed her to disobey God's command. God promised that the seed of a woman would come and crush Satan's head. 
Now notice he said the seed of a woman. Everywhere else in the scripture he talked about the seed, he talked about the seed of a man. But that seed of that woman is Jesus Christ. God authorized the plan, and that plan was to redeem sinful man and sinful women. It took a thousand years, but when God makes a promise, you can be sure that God is going to fulfill his promise. Let's look at that fulfillment in the book of Matthew, chapter 1, verse 18. Because we very seldom ever talk about these scriptures until it's this season. But Christmas ought to be every day. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. The reading of this passage talks about a situation that Mary found herself in. And if you're not careful, you'll miss the significance of this. By the Jewish custom, a betrothal or a, an engagement, as we know, it signified more than what we look at as an engagement. Today, people get engaged, they meet somebody on a Monday, they'll get engaged on Friday. But a Hebrew marriage involved two stages. It was the betrothal stage and the marriage ceremony. And before you can become engaged, if you will, there had to be an agreement, a contract made between the families. The groom and the bride's family would get together. And they would make a contract, and that contract was as good as a marriage because they were on their way. And the couple was considered legally married while they were engaged. Even though the marriage ceremony and the consummation of the marriage often did not occur to maybe even a year later. That was a lot different than what we experience in our culture today when we talk about consummation of the marriage. People don't have to consummate today mostly. They consummate, then they get married. So what is consummation? Here was the thing, you know, you, you met somebody, you became engaged, and you kept your hands off. In fact, you wouldn't even see her. The father would tell the man, you need to go off and start getting ready to marry the one you're engaged to. How are you going to get ready? You need to go to work. Because you can't marry her and bring her to nothing. You got to have something. Right. Women, don't marry no broke man. <laughs> and figure you're going to make it work. In fact, the father would, would watch over him and be sure he was working. That's why sometimes it would take a year because he had to get his little place together. And the father was the one that told him when it was time to get married. And told him to go get her. See, if you don't have your house together, you ain't got you no money, you don't need to get married. You keep on working until you get you some stuff together. Now the guys want to just move in in her apartment. I'm getting my daughters ready. I'm saying, don't you come around here with nothing. But that's the way it was. That's what the father was supposed to do. No, no, you can't get married. He's making a man a man. That's not part of my message, but you know I have to do so much man training to grown men who don't know how to be a man. 
And you know what don't go in the sentence together? What? Broke and man. That don't go in the same sentence. If you broke, you ain't no man. Some people are, I, I don't agree with that, Pastor. I hope you ain't broke when you said that. Because <laughs> a man is supposed to take care of his family. A man is the provider. God gave Adam a job before he gave him a wife. And you can't be in between jobs. Women, if he's in between a job, tell him you're in between phone numbers. <laughs> so when you find your job, I can find my number. <laughs> Where was I at? Let's look at this. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married, but before they came together, that didn't mean they went to the movies. Before they had sex, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph and Mary experienced no sexual contact with each other. Mary had an issue, so she asked this angel, Gabriel, as he announced to her in the book of Luke, how will this be? How can I be pregnant and I ain't never been with a man? I'm a virgin. Let me just put it this way since I talked about the man. A man's supposed to have some money. Woman's supposed to be a virgin. I got one guy say, all right. <laughs> uh, the women didn't say nothing. They was all with me when I was talking about man and money or broke man. Now, notice that Mary said, now, how can this be? Not only have I not been with Joseph, I ain't been with nobody. Now, a woman can say that. She knows. How can this be, since I'm a virgin? But Isaiah spoke about this centuries early. He said in Isaiah chapter four, 7, verse 14, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. God is with us. So it's going to be a miraculous thing. The Holy Spirit is going to come up on you, and you're going to be with child. You know, I was thinking about that, and just that whole process of the Holy Spirit coming up on her, and she came with child. I was reminded of the time when the doctors say we couldn't have any children. I was in the worship service and I was just had my hands up praising God and I felt this sensation go over my body. And I said, man, what is that, Lord? He said, you are being healed. And I thought, you know, the Holy Spirit can come up on you to heal you. He can come up on you to bring forth his miracle child. But Joseph was a man like all men. He had a hard time believing that his fiancée was going to have a baby without being with a man. These are not fairy tale characters. These are real people. She didn't say, hey, Joe, uh, let me just tell you that um, I'm pregnant, but I ain't been with nobody. And he said, okay. It didn't work like that. He considered divorcing her. Why did he consider divorcing her? Because this ain't right. I can't trust her. Who's she been with? It's not me. Is she going to tell me that and expect me to believe? What kind of man does she think I am? Now, she expect me to believe that. Would you expect him to believe it? Oh, Y'all know the story. I mean, yeah, he should believe it. No, she didn't know the story. 
and he didn't know the story. Now, when the story gets out, she's at risk of being stoned according to the law. That's adultery against your husband. You could be stoned. You could be embarrassed. But God had the plan, and he had it all worked out. Look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. I just want you to take this side note about how God works. When God's working in a marriage, in a family, he works in harmony. Notice he's doing something in Mary's life. He knows that it's going to cause a problem with Joseph. And the only way he can get this over to Joseph, he got to show up himself and talk to him. So God comes to Joseph and tells Joseph exactly what is going on and what he needs to be. Now Joseph says, she didn't tell me. This angel came, he talked to me and he told me. He told me the same thing she, she told me. God confirming what's happening and in our lives and in our marriages. When one person want to think that God is telling me to go this way, the spouse is not in agreement with it. You know what I tell them? Wait till the spouse agree. Because if God is doing it, he knows it's going to take both of you. If the spouse isn't agreeing, it's not time yet. Y'all just take that as a side note. God works in harmony when God is doing it. You might get an anointing and think you need to uh, quit your job and, and then just go on the road as a full-time evangelist and your spouse ain't feeling it, stay home. When God is ready for you to go, he'll tell your spouse, it's time for you to go. You won't have to tell him. God will talk to him. I just want you to know that so y'all don't do something foolish. You want to divorce your spouse because they ain't hearing from God and you are. That ain't God. Let me say it one more time. That ain't God. I've seen people want to do that. I don't know what's wrong with him. God has anointed me. And he's given me this vision. I saw it in a vision. And they just aren't feeling God. I don't know. They used to get here, but they can't hear. Well, no, you ain't ready yet. God will do just like he came to Gabriel. And he'll tell him exactly what happened. You know what? He came to Joseph, rather. And Joseph didn't have a problem after that. Joseph not only understood that, the Bible said that even when they got married, he didn't even touch her. Until after that child was born. Now you knew that was God. We're not told what the indicators were that caused God to choose the moment. But God had decided that the time had come. There was something that moved him to the moment to select that virgin girl and impregnate her by the Holy Spirit and start the process in his own mind of salvation. For the world. That's what it was about. It wasn't about just having a, a baby in a manger and, and the Magi coming to visit and having all the pageantry and all of that kind of a thing. God had a plan, and that plan was to save the world. And you see what he said. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from what? From their sins. The angels went to announce the arrival. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring 
you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior. Somebody say Savior. A Savior has been born to you. That's his purpose. He's going to be the Savior. He is Christ the Lord. Now I want you to notice this announcement was not given to royalty or to politicians or to preachers. It was given to the shepherds. The shepherds were signifying common, ordinary people to let the world know that whoever believes on him can receive the news and the gift. And what is that gift? That gift is freedom from guilt and eternal life. That's what Jesus came to bring us. When Jesus started his earthly ministry, he began with this first message in, chapter, in Luke chapter 4. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news or the gospel to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He says, I know why I'm here. I'm here to set the captives free, to release those, to save those that are lost, to save those that are lost. Luke 10, Luke 19, 10 say, for the son of man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Now, one of our problems we have in the culture today is that few people think they're lost. Few people think they're lost. Anything worse than being lost is being lost and not knowing it. Because when somebody is lost, they look for a way to find their way back to safety. But when someone is lost and don't know it, they won't look for a way out. God authorized this gift of Jesus Christ. The angels announced the gift of Jesus Christ, and Jesus authenticated that gift. We're told that Jesus Christ is a Savior who came to save people from their sin. He's in the people business. Jesus gave up his place in heaven to come to earth to save people from an eternal punishment from our sins so that those of us who are on earth can go to heaven. He came from heaven to earth so that those of us on earth can go to heaven. In the book of John, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. Don't let your heart be troubled. I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. In other words, he says, I'm going back home. And he said, if it wasn't so, if it wasn't like that, I wouldn't have told you. I know what I'm talking about. I've been there. I know what I'm talking about. I'm going to prepare a place for you. If it wasn't so, I wouldn't have told you. What does it mean to be saved? We have to go back to the beginning. We can talk about salvation and saved. What does it mean to be saved? Somebody asked me that one time in an orientation. They said, well, let me just ask a question, Pastor. So what does it mean to be saved? And I thought, you know, I have to always start back from the basic. What does it mean to be saved? We use the word salvation. Just think about it. What does it mean to be saved? In order to be saved, there has to be something from which you need to be saved. There's a burning car with people in it. Somebody went and saved them. Saved them what? Out of the car. Before the car caught on fire and he was driving down the street really nice and secure, he didn't need to be saved from that. 
uh, he was drowning, so they jumped in and saved them. To be saved means to be rescued from danger or destruction. So when Jesus says he came to save, he says, I know that if they're not saved, they're headed to destruction. They don't know it. They may not be able to see it, but I know it because I know what's going to happen and I know what's in stores. I am going so I can save them. And we call that salvation. It denotes deliverance. It's used in the New Testament as a material of temporal deliverance from danger and apprehension. I'm saving you. There is one who wants to destroy you. Jesus said this, the thief comes but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life. I didn't come to kill. I come that you may have life. Salvation is the spiritual and eternal deliverance granted immediately by God to those who accept his condition of repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You accept him, he will immediately give you redemption, that is salvation. John put it this way in John chapter 3 verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. In other words, those who don't believe in him will not have eternal life, although our spirits will remain eternally. There are some will have eternal life, and some will have eternal death and damnation. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus said this to his disciples in Matthew 16, if anyone would come to me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits or loses his soul? But what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Jesus came to save our souls. Listen, you can gain the whole world and lose your soul. You'll regret that because you're going to only be in the whole world for just a little while. You may be here for 60 years, 70 years, 80 years, 90 years. In the scheme of things, that's so, so a little time. The Bible says that day with God is like a thousand years with the man. I did the math and calculated that. What's an hour with God? An hour with God is 42 years with man. So if you live to be 84, you only had two hours. And Jesus said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world for two hours and lose his soul? This is Jerry G. Martin, and I certainly hope that you have enjoyed this message for the season. The Bible tells us that Jesus came to bring peace, to bring salvation, and bring his joy into our lives, into our hearts. We sing joy to the world. This year has been a tumultuous year. Many of us do not have the joy of the Lord in us today. We may not have the peace of God in our hearts right now because of all the things that have been going on around us. But I want you to know that the Lord Jesus Christ is still seeking to save those who are lost. He's still bringing his joy and he's still bringing his peace to every one of us who will turn our hearts toward him and invite him into our lives 
and allow him to be the Lord of our lives. He was born so that we can be born again and have a new life in Christ Jesus. I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We are meeting in person on Sundays. We do have our medical protocols in place for screening. We have social distancing and we wear our mask. For more information or if you have a prayer request, call us at 281-964-1393. That's 281-964-1393. I also invite you to join us online each Sunday at 10 a.m. at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. And then don't forget about the Beacon Bookstore right here on our campus. Call us if you need church supplies, communion supplies, offering envelopes, Bibles or books, or study material. 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281 281- 4412885 Now for the light of the world may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time